Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. (laughs) We love our passion. Don't be calling in bomb threats and getting yourself put in jail. Pete Thamel. Tom Herman, you go F yourself and your family. Like, it was, like, not, like, some big, mean guy, like, who you'd, like, be intimidated by. It was just, like, go fall off a cliff. (laughs) And Pat Forty. Can you listen to a podcast in jail? Basic rights, human rights for all Americans. You should be able to access the podcast. (laughs) And here's Dan. All right, welcome to the podcast. Got a lot to get to. Mid-season uh, predictions and maybe even awards. I don't know how this is all set up. Producer Sully run that block. But I'm, I'm circumventing that because I think this is important news in the it-just-means-more division of the SEC. Have you guys heard of the story of Connor Bruce Kroll, Alabama freshman? I have not. He's got a little too much Bama in him. <laughs> you just quoted the Harvey Updike line there. Well, there's some parallels to old Harvey. He's like, <laughs> yeah. if he's related to Harvey, I would not be surprised. Uh-oh. Connor, from the Tuscaloosa News, University of Alabama freshman is being held in the Tuscaloosa County Jail, suspected of calling in a threat to LSU's Tiger Stadium during the school's football game against Florida on Saturday night. Connor Bruce Kroll, 19, was booked into jail Sunday. Records list him as a, quote, fugitive from justice. (laughs) Apparently not. He's caught. He's being held without bond and is expected to face charges in Baton Rouge. Wow, he's getting extradited. As the kids say, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. What are you doing? I kind of feel Connor, like we have a lot of college kids that listen to this pod. Connor, you could have been one of our listeners. We don't know. We can't confirm that yet. But not only are we disappointed that we may have lost a subscriber because. (laughs) (laughs) Leave a review before you uh, call off to the clink. Before you're going, yeah, before you go do hard time. (laughs) The pod is very popular in cell block B. You just walk down the cell block and all you hear is our voices as soon as the pod drops. Captive audience, not great for for advertisers, but a captive audience. I mean, is a captive what, audience. Yeah. What else you got to do but listen to the pod? Uh, I'm, I'm whittling uh, chess pieces out of stone. Time and pressure. Time and pressure. <laughs> So here I got I have a lot of questions yeah, about this. Do yeah, you have let's any answers? To this. Connor, what yeah. no? Go ahead, Pat. <laughs> well, first of all, like how do you get it? Do you just like call, call director information? I need a number for Tiger Stadium. <laughs> I was and thinking you get, the like same a main thing. line, like, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> uh yeah, I just um I'd like to blow up the stadium, please. I uh, just want you to know <laughs> that. Um, I mean what, what how does this whole thing transpire? I, I get you get I'm like a live person. It's hard to get anybody. You got to go through those phone right, umbrella yeah. trees. I, mean, I can't one. imagine there's one person sitting in some office at Tiger Stadium. Tiger Stadium, I help you. You probably called in a campus PD. No, you don't call the police. I mean, if he's if Connor yeah, no, is so he, dummy, if he's that the, stupid, holy, is this the police? I'd like to blow you guys up. Well, guess what? You're getting arrested. 
If that he's is that no, dumb, he's not going to make it out of freshman year. At that Alabama. is more reliable than do you have to arrest a guy because because he has a warrant out for him? So luckily for our listeners, I actually have a lot of experience listening to ill-fated prank phone calls from college freshmen because I was embedded with LS at with Texas for LSU week when uh, all their cell phones got bombed. And so half of the day Friday when the Texas coaches weren't working, they sat around the staff room and played all the funniest messages. <laughs> and so it was like the funniest disassociation of like voice of like a college freshman talking like this. It was like, <laughs> Tom Herman, you go F yourself and your family. Like, it was like, not like some big mean guy, like who you'd like be intimidated by. It was just like, go fall off a cliff. <laughs> so Mickey Mouse is calling in yes. bomb threats now? Yes. Every college freshman sounds like Mickey Mouse. That's correct. <laughs> I got to tell you. But it was just you. like the, the weirdest juxtaposition because like there'd be all these like filthy, vile things said by the least intimidating college sophomore you'd ever. I could just hear like the, the kid's mom. Who are you talking to like that? It was just like <laughs> the, the, the funniest, the funniest contrast from that. But yeah. And I don't think they'd call information for Tiger Stadium, Pat. I think they would Google how to bomb Tiger Stadium. Okay. If sure. I was to call any bomb threat to Tiger Stadium, who would I who would I call? And do you think at you know eight thirty on Friday night, some guy Tiger Stadium information? <laughs> hey, none of it makes any sense to me. None of it. Uh, well, you got to look at Connor's mugshot. He does uh, yeah. look. Yeah. Did he do it from his own phone? I, I don't know. We don't know details yet. Phone. This is an ongoing saga. We're going to stick with. Oh yeah, we need that's. That's the epitome of stupidity. Like, like that is just, you've never done anything dumber, Connor, than if you called in a bomb threat from your own cell phone. This guy, I don't want to be the guy that's like, you know, your neighbor like has killed 18 people and ate them all in the backyard. And you're like, oh, I had no idea. Let me borrow his leaf blower. Seems like a nice guy. I don't know. But Connor does not look like a hardened criminal. Looks like a kid who got really, really stupid. But you never know. So, um, yeah. I, but I don't think this guy was going to blow it up. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> as of Saturday night, you're a freshman at Alabama, like life's going pretty good for you. You worked hard. You got into school. Your parents are proud of you. And then, yeah, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a month before the damn game, <laughs> I mean, it's not even Bama LSU week. Yeah, preemptive. I'll give Connor credit for one thing. Look, he's trying to take out two two opponents because you can get you can take out LSU and you take out your potential SEC championship game opponent at Finn, Florida. If only he actually, you know, had any means to go through with the threat. But but yeah, you're right, like six weeks into the dude's college experience. Probably, you know, drinks like eight beers. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it I'm gonna blow up Tiger Stadium. Watch this. Watch this, man. If only we had somebody on our staff who was really good at like following legal proceedings, going into court to to cover stuff. This has my undivided. <laughs> this has my undivided attention. This is the, <laughs> this is the dumbest thing a Bama guy did since. Remember that guy who decided to uh, uh, assault? Uh, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it on a family podcast at the Crystal Burger yes. Joint. Oh yes, and, yeah. That was a Bama LSU thing, too. That was at the yeah. national championship game, wasn't it? Yeah, that guy had to go to prison. Like, yeah. and again, I remember somebody wrote a great story about him and, like, you know, had to call his wife and was like, uh, you know, I, I think I'm in some trouble. What'd you do? You know, drunken disorderly on Bourbon Street. Nah, this is video. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> You yeah. are literally going to prison because you're a fan of Alabama and you dislike LSU for yeah. nothing. <laughs> this is this kid wasn't uh, smart enough to get into college. Yeah, no, but he took out his junk and there we go. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, his fan. Oh my god! And then, you know, you're gonna go to the Baton Rouge jail. He's getting he's getting sent to Baton Rouge. They're all gonna be Tiger fans. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be ugly. And if if CBS moves this game to primetime, it's going to be on TV after lights out. You ain't even going to get to watch the damn thing <laughs> in the clink. <laughs> and even if you did, you'd have to root for LSU because, like, you're going to get your ass kicked <laughs> yeah. if Bama wins that game. 
Now, whatever Connor's family had saved up for him to go oh. to college should now be spent on legal fees to make sure he doesn't end up doing time in whatever the parish jail is in uh, Baton Rouge, because that would that would be an unpleasant experience for you. We Connor. encourage stupidity. We celebrate it on this podcast. But please, people, this is dumber than poisoning those trees at Auburn. <laughs> mm. Well, maybe not. I mean, this mm. this wasn't. He didn't act well, out on it, but dude, they're gonna. It's a terrorist threat. Like you, they yeah, absolutely yeah, no, bad, have yeah. to punish this guy. Like, there's zero yeah. tolerance. We got school <laughs> shootings. We got. I mean, this is insanity. Too much. Can you imagine living on that kid's floor? Yeah. Like everyone who goes to class on Monday and at Alabama is going to be like, "Oh, you live on the on the prank caller's floor." <laughs> like that has to be like the total buzz. Someone disappeared from Living Writers One Hundred and One, you know, on Monday because like <laughs> he was the guy, the quiet guy yeah. in the corner. He went That's away. He went away. <laughs> and there's the yeah. English professor that knows nothing about football. Connor, where's Connor? Where's your paper? Uh, Connor, uh, Connor ain't here. Some sorority we girls get, like, hey. I made out with that guy at a party three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I was going to jail. <laughs> Probably took the under. <laughs> yeah, that was the a, over was about to hit. Oh, maybe that was it. It was a gambling situation. See, we're Could promoting be. that. I feel like we have some... Return. Trying to stop the game because they were about ready to go over. Yeah, I, I feel bad. Hey, Dana O'Neill's daughter is a freshman at, at Alabama. Maybe they're friends. We'll see if... Uh, friend of the pod, Dana O'Neill, we'll see if, if she's got any intel. I mean, I feel I feel somewhat responsible. I mean, I'm not going to raise <laughs> bail for him or anything, but... Come on, people. Let's be smarter out there, college football. We love our passion. But don't be calling in bomb threats and getting yourself put in jail. Yeah. And he misses the rest of the season. That's the worst part. Like Dan said, you missed the LSU game. I'm imagining Connor was a pretty big Tide fan and, you know, grew up in the cult of Nick Saban and loved having season tickets and was just there. And Connor, you blew it. You blew uh, it. They turn off the TV. Does it say where he's from? You're all in your cell and you got to watch through the little window and hope you get the TV. It's only day games you can watch. That's a, The um, prisoners get upset at the Super Bowl when it runs late. Imagine that <laughs> you're watching the damn Super Bowl and it's like, and your cell and then lights. Come on, warden. <laughs> it's like meaner than Shawshank when they do that. He's going to have to listen to the overreaction Monday podcast to yeah. find out what happened. We'll be here. Can you, you listen to a podcast in jail? Well, I don't know. I certainly hope so. If you it's like an device. existential question. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Basic rights, human rights for all Americans. You should be able to access the podcast. <laughs> at least our podcast. Yeah, at well, least ours. <laughs> one podcast. Yeah. And if you can get us, if you can sneak a cell phone, maybe. No, that's, and we're going to get He's to He's from Virginia. Virginia. Oh. Crozet, Virginia. What wow. do you do? He's not even from Alabama. His parents are paying out-of-state tuition. Yeah, for, for him to God. go phone in threats. He is a, I mean, six weeks on campus and you're such a big Bama fan. This is like, <laughs> by the way, so I just Googled this, this story. I got an LSU message board, Tiger Droppings, oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. they refer to the, I guess like the, the nickname they refer to all Alabama fans as is Gumps, as in Forrest oh, yeah. Gump. Oh yeah. And it's Gump makes bomb threat for Tiger State, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great message board thread. All so. right. Well, we will stay on this ongoing saga. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're agree. not going to talk about this on the audible so you know <laughs> <laughs> or uh espn college football live that thing is ranked yeah. higher than us in the podcast rankings why yeah. are you listening to that <laughs> boring <laughs> yeah. well the the lsu offensive line is gonna have to contain the uh weak side uh. pressure uh, come on <laughs> What are you guys doing out there? Tell your friends. I need all of our subscribers, all of our loyal listeners. Tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Come on. Like ESPN podcasts are horrible. It's just every, it's like some like random former player listing off 75 straight names <laughs> in a row. You know, yeah, the offensive got a line over there with uh, Smitty and Jones. really taking care of <laughs> I can't even follow their halftime shows. It's like, what are you even talking? Like, nobody actually watches college football the way ESPN halftime shows describe college football. Yeah, no. Nobody. Everyone's no. talking about this. Guys getting bomb threats in, not how the too deep is working. 
at South. I don't know any. I never sit around with my friends and have that conversation that they have on the halftime show. Stop listening. <laughs> Come you to us. Ranked higher. I don't care if they're on TV. That's right. I don't even listen to the show, so that might actually be good, but probably. Not. <laughs> <laughs> you just ripped the whole podcast genre that you've I never doubt heard. It. Whatever. <laughs> That's what all sports fans do, right? They rip all our stories without reading them. This is Yahoo. We don't like ESPN. Deal with it. <laughs> they used to always take our store breaking news, you know? So and so reported. Where'd you report that? Right off our site. All right. Anyway, let's get to some uh halfway. We're halfway through the season, so. Sully came up with about six questions. Three of them are really boring, so I got rid of those three. Appreciate it. Yep. <laughs> got you, buddy. <laughs> 500 record if you're a Tennessee guy. That's pretty damn good these days. Yeah, really. Three and three for Tennessee? They, they'd take that. All right. You're dreaming of your Red Box Bowl, whatever your Southern Red Box. Is it the Liberty Bowl? Is that your six yeah. and six? Yeah. yeah. Liberty Bowl, Independence Bowl, something like that. Yep. Sad, yeah. sad those ball are, Those are your biggest fever dreams. The Shreveport is nice at the end of in the uh, December. Christmas in Shreveport is just, Woo. that is all Sully wants when he goes to bed at night and says his rosary. Where are you spending <laughs> your vacation money this year? Oh, Shreveport. We got to watch the balls. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good God, of all the places. Big matchup with Louisiana Tech. We got to have more fans than them. Yeah, they got a casino. <laughs> the Dooley Bowl. All right. Team that isn't in the top four that will be at season's end. How about this? Based that what we know now, give me your final four. Give me the playoff four that you will you think will be there. Not who should be there now. I know, like, if you look at Clemson or Alabama's body of work right now, it's not really good enough to be in the top four. They just haven't played anybody. But Alabama will. So who who do you think wins these things out, and who at the end is there? Pat, let's start with you. Clemson's going because they're going to be thirteen and zero. They have by far the easiest road. Doesn't mean I'm not even one hundred percent sure they'd be one of the top four teams, but they're going to be thirteen and zero. And as we have discussed before, the committee loves that O. So Clemson is going. I think Oklahoma has a good route road to it. I think they have the the next best chance to be 13 and 0. I don't really see anybody in the Big 12 that's going to compete with them. They they can play Texas again. They'd beat Texas again, I believe. So that's two. Your SEC champion is going to go right now. Man, ah, I you know what? Gosh, if the LSU Alabama game weren't in Tuscaloosa, I would take LSU. But let's just say I'll say Alabama. And then the fourth one, it's going to be Big Ten probably. But I, I, I don't know. It's going to be a slobber knocker, two slobber knockers potentially between Ohio State and Wisconsin. I'm going to take – I'll take Ohio State. So give me Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. A little bit boring, but that's what I got. Pete, can you differ with that at all? I don't. I do think LSU, for as electric as they've looked on offense, I have some serious questions about their defense and their ability to stop or tackle Alabama's receivers. Tua will be by far and away the best quarterback they've faced. Obviously, Alabama, there is like Alabama at night in that that huge, I assume that game will be at night. No, it won't be at night, actually. Uh, it's got, some money has to change hands, like all good <laughs> SEC deals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. CBS will uh, we'll take care it. of somebody. We'll and yeah. yeah, they'll meet at the Pilot J. And, yeah, they got to give like a game. It's funny. They got to give yeah. like some games to ESPN. Yeah. Or something. Right. His contracts are crazy. Yeah, it's like so a they, sandwich pick, a player to be named yeah. later, and we <laughs> we'll, get a night window. We'll give you the Auburn-Georgia um, game, but let us yeah. do it at night. Yeah. Now, I think the interesting tension with this is, so Clemson, I saw a great staff from Tim Beret, the great old Clemson SID on Twitter yesterday. Trevor Lawrence is a starting quarterback, I believe 21 games, has never trailed in the second half. And he will not trail mm-hmm. in the second half with the schlock they have in front of them on the rest of their schedule. So I trust Clemson to figure it out. Now, do we trust Ohio State to beat Wisconsin twice? That's the question. That's the biggest question, yes. I think. That is really the biggest drama that we have left in front of us here. And then, does Texas continue to forget to tackle if they end up playing Oklahoma again? Or does, like, Baylor come in and play some kind of spoiler, which is they are the perfect ante- antidote to those two uh, to those two teams. But 
I, I trust Oklahoma at this point to go. I think they're more balanced, and their defense certainly showed. I mean, they had Tom Herman flummoxed for a good chunk of that game. And the interesting thing about Oklahoma is they've, I believe, held opponents scoreless five of six first quarters. So Grinch has done enough and has been playing hard enough and has enough of a, a game plan to just slow people down enough to give Lincoln Riley a head start to win these shootouts. So, yeah, I hate. I always hate to agree with Pat, especially when you look at his picks this year, but I'm going to agree with Pat. Well, I'm going to agree with him, too, actually. Yeah. I think I think you I mean, here's the thing. Clemson's going to win all their games. I mean, that's that's your your best bet. Oklahoma is going to win out. I think they're the best team They Yes, they'll they'll have to do a big 12 championship game, but whatever. Ohio State gets Penn State and Wisconsin in Columbus. Huge advantage. And then they'll have to they got to go to Michigan. They've handled Michigan. It is a rivalry game. It is on the road, but I think they can do that. And then you get into, I, I think Ohio State makes it. And I think Alabama hosting the LSU game is it. They That's their advantage. My one concern for Bama is, and, and you know, there's always Georgia or somebody upsetting them late, but Bama, they, have, they haven't done, they haven't had to play much this year. It's been boring season. But they have a month, they have a five-week stretch where they're going to play LSU at home at Mississippi State, which is a good team. And a, no, physi- not. Yeah. and a physical they team. They lost to Sully's Bowl. No, no, no. They will beat them. They will beat them. Then they got a, a basically a, an off week with Western Carolina, then Auburn, and then the SEC title game. That's yeah. a grind of a four out of five. It is. I'm not saying they won't beat Mississippi State, but you come off of the – that LSU game will be physical. Like, yeah, too physical. Like, prison riot physical. And <laughs> – and, you know, you got to grind there. So, I don't know. But I would say you got to go with those four. Connor your, wants no part of that. Your, your Vegas odds. Vegas odds would be that. So, a lot of prison talk. Let's play weekend. chaos theory a little bit. So, Pat, say Oklahoma loses to Texas in the Big 12 title game and the Big 12 beats itself up and out. Baylor plays spoiler, whatever. And that league is out. How do we handle that extra spot? Do you just give it to the Georgia LSU-ish, whoever is, is assuming Alabama goes? Like, do you, like, how do we handle that? That becomes real interesting because, yeah, then it's like if LSU loses 34-31 in Tuscaloosa and that's their only loss, they're going to have they're going to be very strong uh, among the one-loss teams. Wisconsin, what if Wisconsin and Ohio State split? You know, and they have one loss sitting there. What if Oregon sits there at 12 and one? I mean, yeah, Oregon can make a run. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, Notre Dame. Who knows? There's there's a lot of yeah. other options there. If if it gets to that and I hope it does. Yeah, you know, we don't we don't want just the four teams to look the no. most obvious Boo. to keep winning. That's no fun. So chaos. We root for yeah. chaos. Bring on some upsets. Situational anarchy. Yes. yes. <laughs> I feel like Notre Dame is out. I feel like they Notre probably Dame, are. Yeah. the Georgia loss and the Virginia loss. And unless they pound, they have, and they don't really blow. No, they beat Virginia. Yeah, they did, but Virginia then lost. Like Virginia's oh, fading. Right. They need a Virginia to be good. They yeah, need a Virginia to win the, to be really good. They get Michigan at Michigan. They need to win that game like 55 Like zip. Wisconsin did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. They have to crush Michigan and then hope Michigan uh, wins everything else. Yeah, Notre Dame is really good, but this isn't a I'm going to crush you Notre Dame team. You know, th- they could go beat Michigan 24-17, and I think they'll beat Michigan there, but I just don't think they're equipped to, like, run people off the table. Love this Notre Dame team, but, yeah, I think they're just I think they're just boxed out. And then you got yeah. Georgia or Florida that can win the SEC championship still. Right. Either one wins out, they're in. I think that a one-loss SEC champion is in, but I think that second spot is LSU – or Bama, whoever loses that game, particularly LSU, losing that game might actually be the easier road in. Yeah, you, you lose a; uh, they don't really have much much late, so pretty wild. Yeah. I, by the way, I just want to make an observation. This is one of my favorite things when you know we sit around and talk about scenarios and what could happen. The the team that has one loss always loses by a field goal. You ever notice that? Well, what happens if they lose by a field goal? It's always like, what happens if there's a field goal right at the end and they lose? Like, they never lose by six. They never lose no. by ten. Yeah, the yeah. theoretical spoiler with a loss always loses by a field goal. I have Correct. no idea why. We need to call that like the, yeah, like there's some corollary. Like, there, there, it's, yeah. it, that is like an eternal, you know, when, when anyone puts that scenario up there, it's always a field goal loss. The theoretical field goal axiom of college yes, football. Yes, exactly. Playoff, yeah. That's it. That's well put. Yeah. You clearly took some real classes at Missouri that I didn't take at Syracuse, Pat. Nah. <laughs>
The theoretical field goal axiom. That's a good dash subtopic, by the way. <laughs> what happens if these teams lose yeah. by a field goal? <laughs> so this this could end up very neat and tidy, or this could end up in total chaos. Usually chaos will get there. Let's go chaos. And I, once again, this is why the, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12 should be begging for a yeah. expanded playoff with automatic bids. You're knocked out. You're, you know, I mean, it's just, it doesn't, you don't, it doesn't help your league if you're not, if there isn't a route, a route there for you. And you could possibly get, if Oklahoma, if Ohio State and Wisconsin split and they get left out to a one loss LSU team, like, you know, once again, the Big Ten doesn't matter. Pac 12, you know, you should be fighting for this. Larry Scott, every time somebody sticks a microphone in front of him, should be saying expanded playoff, expanded playoff, expanded playoff. And doing playoff. a jumping jack while he says it <laughs> yeah. for, to like draw more attention. Here's another thought. We've, We've talked about this sporadically on the pod. It does delve into football, which I know we don't like to talk about too much. But, like, the AAC is having a heck of a year. That's a fun conference. I would much rather watch the AAC than the ACC right now, non-Clemson division, right? You've got Memphis, who just lost to Temple, who's good. You have SMU having a historic year. Tulane is on the verge of the top 25. UCF is who they are. Cincinnati's probably the best team. It's like a fun race. It's not like, you know— uh, the the ACC secretariat at the Belmont Clemson's just running away and there's there's no there's no drama. So if we're at eight, the AAC is a fun little subplot because it's like okay, does Cincinnati win the like you're following a lot more. It nationalizes and it, it rises all boats. Like of course, yeah. I watch the AAC. We watch the AAC because we're junkies. But like you know, I would just think the world would be paying attention to more. And then maybe we're watching too like. Okay, is Cincinnati better than Boise? It well, just yeah. sort of yeah, Mountain West was, has nine wins over Power Five teams. Yeah, Mountain no. West has played well this year too. Yeah, so. no, it's uh, yep. I, uh, I'm all for football democracy. Uh, more you know? games matter. More. I wrote chapters about this. You know, <laughs> and like if Cincinnati, like say you had a play in for that. Say Cincinnati played Boise to get that eighth spot. Now again, that's more games, and it's not good for health and all this. So I get it, but like that would be like those games would be. You know, when they think, what's the what's the TV value? Like, that Cincinnati-UCF game that Friday night gets oh, yeah. way more viewership if there's that carrot of the playoff on the line. Sure. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, all the games matter. The, right now, it's like, oh, no, we're down to, like, honestly, this weekend, you know, what game matters? I don't know. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. there's a couple. Oregon, Washington, and but you could get more games to matter. It'd be better. Speaking of games, what game... Going forward, are we looking forward to the most non-LSU-Bama division? Uh, that's an easy one. That's Wisconsin-Ohio State in the horseshoe October 26th. You know, I'm, I am fascinated by Wisconsin, partly because I, I went up there for like three days last year, before last year's season. I thought they were going to be really good. Did a big blowout on Paul Christ and like, oh, you know, this is going to be the year where their their whole kind of grinder mentality works and they're going to win the, the – the Big Ten, and they're going to go to the playoff, and they stunk last year. They just totally fell apart. But this year, they look like that team. Their defense is ridiculous. Jonathan Taylor's extremely good. they got a quarterback who's doing enough. So I want to see him against all those studs for Ohio State. Uh, October 26th, bring it on. All right. Pete, you got a game you want to see more than that? I think this is kind of an obvious – that's obviously the best – matchup left but is there one? yeah i'll uh I'll, I'll go curveball and i'll i'll uh i'll say the uh fried acai bowl redo of uh oklahoma texas hopefully a jerry world in the big 12 title game you know what i'll, I'll even i'll even audible on that i'm gonna say i want to see oklahoma baylor oklahoma is excellent cd lamb is one of the most electric players in the country jalen hurts is everything we thought the defense is better w- what happens when this oklahoma team really gets hit in the mouth because texas couldn't you know Texas couldn't tackle a toddler on Saturday. They were awful. I saw a stat there, 21 missed tackles. Like they were just, they were just apathetic defensively. But Oklahoma goes to Waco on November 16th, my birthday. Um, and I think that will be a cold day. Hopefully it's a night game. And I think Baylor has this identity of being like this hard hitting, you know, like rules teams at Temple. I, I think that will be a bigger challenge than than people think for Oklahoma because the style of play rules slow the game down and we can see if Oklahoma can can kind of earn it there so that that is their only real test remaining and 
I think that's going to be. They go to Oklahoma State too. You never want to. Uh, you never want to discount a bedlam game. We've seen that game a few things. But I, I, I am curious to see the Sooners at Baylor, and Baylor has earned the right to make that a big stage, which is uh, pretty cool to see in the wake of all the atrocities that happened. Man, this is tricky. I, I, you know, obviously the other answer maybe is SEC championship game, but a lot of times. Alabama, if Alabama is there undefeated, they're probably in no matter what. Like the game doesn't really matter. Like they would be the second SEC team or something. I don't know. But only if they lose by a field goal. Only if they yeah. lose by a late field goal. <laughs> or if they have a third string quarterback. That's if you yeah, have a third right. string quarterback, you're automatically put in the playoff. <laughs> a, that criteria took over that one year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cardell, who's now going to the XFL. He's going yeah, to the XFL. Yeah. Drafted. Third string quarterback, the, the third string quarterback clause. Well, they have a good third string quarterback. Tells me how good the team is. Well, the other guys didn't get to play their third string quarterback. How do we know? <laughs> Who drafted Cardale? Uh, he got sent to Washington. He got sent to Washington. They All got right. eight QBs and they dished him out. So he's yeah. he's the leader we need in Washington. Hey, <laughs> forget Bruce Allen. Forget the White House. Cardale in 2020. You know anything about the NFL, Washington? They don't have a quarterback either. So yeah. uh, Cardell may be the best quarterback in town. I actually am going to go with Notre Dame at Michigan. I know this isn't maybe the game that has uh, national title implications, but they aren't playing for, they aren't scheduled to play after this night game. Michigan Stadium, those two teams, that's just an awesome scene. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, and like, I'll, look, we still have Ohio State, Michigan. Still have Ohio yeah. State, Michigan, and that that off, uh, obviously could be pretty fun. That's a great one too. Yeah, because you know, yeah. first know. year, and and it's like you're gonna you're gonna choke out Harbaugh and send them back to the pros, or you go, or do you want to keep them? Mm. Have we reached yeah. that point where like all the Big Twelve coaches wanted Mac Brown to stay at Texas? <laughs> you got the SEC East title game in Jacksonville too. Yeah, right. Cocktail party. I mean, that'll be you know that that's a, that's now a playoff elimination game. Yeah, um, Florida and Georgia. I don't know that that one lost a lot of luster when when cocky went in between the hedges and and beat Georgia. You can assign me to cover that game, and I won't drink. <laughs> there you go. Another great neutral site party game that we'll send Pete to to teetotaler. Yeah, put my BYU uh, badge on. <laughs> I'm gonna get to. Well, let's get to this. Uh, first coach fired. Let's just stick with Clay Helton. Is Clay Helton gonna get fired this week? Uh, you guys are all over this. Pete's already got USC should hire a former Florida AD Jeremy Foley because he could maybe get Urban Meyer. Pat's got like 17 guys to take the job. <laughs> Everyone short yep. of Bill Belichick is in line here. <laughs> Correct. Breathless spec, un breathless unfair speculation. Who's coaching USC by the time uh, early signing period day is in mid mid December? Well, I always say that, like, it's always difficult to, and we talked about this a little bit with Michigan State the other day, it's always difficult to project who's going to take a head coaching job when you don't know who's going to be hiring the head coach. Well, listen, we're here to do the difficult. I don't care that it's <laughs> difficult. Sorry. Forgive my, forgive Step my, Step it up. Forgive my explainer. So <laughs> I really think, like, it's still a frontline job. So, I really think your your three top names are going to be Bob Stoops, Urban Meyer, James Franklin. And then from there, it's a big drop-off. Like, if you don't get one of those three, then it becomes difficult. Then you're in, like, that second tier of Matt Rule, Matt Campbell, P.J. Fleck, like, the hot guy of that year who don't have the sort of, like, big conference championship winning credibility of the and really Hall of Fame coaching credibility in two of their cases of the uh, of the other guys. So I think it, there's a clear tier system that has been uh, that has been set. Do they go take Mario Cristobal from Oregon, whose contract is still like reasonable? The buyout's actually significant because they got Willie Taggart grab from them. But like, do you, do you do you bludgeon your own? They had a lack of success going from in the conference uh, when they when they hired Sarkeesian. The great thing about USC is we have plenty of recent history of what they've done and how they've messed it up to like reflect back on. So, you know, it's not like one of these blue bloods where they've had three coaches the last, you know, 37 years or whatever. No, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, here's, here's something that somebody said to me uh, on the, on the phone yesterday, which I thought was interesting. They said, one of the reasons why a lot of the ADs have, have given this job the Heisman is the, the finances of the PAC 12. They basically feel like, even if you're at USC, which is clearly the best job in that league, you're going to be working from behind. 
Now, could you raise money to to pay one of those blue blood coaches, Hall of Fame coaches, a James Franklin type guy, eight million a year? Yeah, you could do that at USC. But like, it's easy to rally some billionaire for that. Can you rally people for the operating budget to have an eight man recruiting department? Basically, can you rally them to 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 close the financial gap of what Northwestern Iowa and Minnesota are getting compared to what you're getting? And I really feel like. When the SEC redoes its deal, remember, the SEC-CBS deal is the single worst deal in the history of television. They get less money for a season of those 18, 20, whatever games are on CBS than they should be getting for one game. They're getting like $55 million, $52 million, something like that. It is a terrible deal. Mike Slive, God rest his soul, extended out way too long, misjudged the market. The SEC title game alone should be a $100 million game or at least a $50 million game. And instead, they're giving away their best inventory for pennies on the dollar. And so the SEC re-up is going to be out of this world. New stratosphere. They're going to break all the records. They're going to race ahead. And a smart person estimated to me yesterday that they'll be three times ahead. SEC schools, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, will be getting three times as much from their league deal as USC is getting from the Pac-12 right now. And that's a big gap to cover. It is. Got a lot of talent there, though. Pat, who's the coach? Boy, uh, that's a very good point that Pete raises, you know, that if you're trying to look at programmatically what you can do. But here's the thing that USC still has. They're the best program in their conference. So if you want, if you're a coach and you're looking, saying, where can I win a Power 5 conference? That's it. Now, when I say the best, I say upside. Their upside, I think, is better than anyone else's. They haven't performed at that level, but... So that's where I think the attraction is. And so I'm going to predict, and this is purely just a prediction out of the out of the blue, James Franklin is coaching the Cardinal in gold next year because he's tired of banging his head into Ohio State. He might have gone into this year thinking, okay, with, let's see what they look like post-urban. And there's like, oh, man, they still look really good. Ryan Day could be there and have that thing rolling forever. If I want to go win my conference, be be the hero there, and I'm, you know, I've lived in Happy Valley for six years. I'll go give it a spin in Los Angeles. So purely just a prediction, but that's what I'm going with. I'm predicting the same thing. I think he's he's the best fit for out there. Yeah, uh, you're banging your head against Ohio State. Michigan is still sitting there that can get it turned around. You're James Franklin. You know, no offense to State College, but you can go live in L.A. They're different. You know. Like I don't think you know, <laughs> slightly don't different. Think, yes, pretty big are, difference. Yeah. Few more direct flights into LAX than well, you know people. People, I've seen this so many times. I remember this was with with uh, with uh, Bill O'Brien. People are like, he loves State College. He don't want to go to one of those NFL towns. Like, like <laughs> yeah. okay, you went to college at State College. State College is a beautiful place, and as Great a place. college kid, must be incredible. Be incredible to be twenty years old, live in State College, Pennsylvania. Fantastic. Yeah. When you're forty-seven, you can't <laughs> go anywhere. Yeah. You can't go out to dinner. They mob. You go to L.A. No one pays any attention to you. Yeah. It's great. It's Bill O'Brien a- is from he was born in Dorchester. He's from Andover around here. Yeah. He really liked that there was a Dunkin Donuts in State College. because yeah. You know, he likes Dunkin Donuts. But, you know, he went to Dunkin Donuts every morning to get his coffee on his way into work pre-dawn. And like everyone knew Bill O'Brien. And, yeah. You know, some people like that. Uh, you know, he didn't dislike it. But it's, a, you know, it's just sometimes you just want to like, I don't know, look at your phone and not talk to anybody. Yeah, or just like, you just. I mean, just that happens to be during the podcast. Some better restaurants. So, yeah, all the days. Anyway, um, yeah, that would like be, to see some palm trees as opposed to yeah. bear trees. And I'd, I'd like to drive around in my car and recruit fifteen of my players. Yeah, I don't right, have yeah. to pos- right. constantly be flying somewhere. You know, beauty of USC. You can you can get things done. Speaking of not candidates for the uh, USC job, uh, Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> Our man. Just do your civic duty, man. Do your civic duty, man. I'm doing mine by mentioning Coach Pruitt. He's got to be in every one. Uh, you guys know this school in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, Pulaski Academy. Coach Kevin Kelly. They never onside. They never punt unless they're like backed up to their own two-yard line or something. Onside kick every time, pretty much. I don't think they return punts either They because they just figure they screw that up. And he's won like, you know, 400 state championships in Arkansas. <laughs> Guy is fast. I've talked to him a few times. Bill Bill Belichick calls him occasionally. Like, which I just love, right? Like, this guy's at Pulaski Academy. Anyways, no one will hire this guy. 
Coach Pruitt said the upcoming Alabama game. You know, I was thinking about, you know, there's a there's a high school team over in Arkansas. You know, they 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 always onside kick. Okay, they always they never punt, you know, because I don't know. I've never seen them play. I always hear people talk about it, you know. Um, in fact, they played one of the – I think they played one of the high school teams here in the in, in our state this year. Somebody was talking about it. So, you know, we've really kind of considered that as our game plan. Um, just don't give them the ball, you know. Inspiring words by Coach Pruitt. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Pruitt is joking. Now, again, this is a guy who was serious when he wondered, do you have to arrest somebody because he has a warrant out for his arrest? So, you know, who knows what's kicking around in there between the ears of Coach Pruitt. (laughs) Asparagus. He's not going to try this, but should somebody, should somebody in college football just say, oh, hell, like, hello, Rutgers. Hello, (laughs) Rutgers. You have an interim coach. Your offense is so bad, you're getting annihilated by Indiana. You had one passing yard. Do you just go into a game and say, screw it? We're going on all fourth downs, onside kicks. We're going, everything is going to be out, outlandish here. Should somebody do it? Somebody I got the team. High. New Mexico State is 0 and 7. There you go. And they have like this like schlock sh- of games left on the schedule. I don't think a whole lot of people are rolling into Las Cruces for games. So I think New Mexico State should employ the Pulaski Academy strategy for the rest of the season. If this started to become a thing, like there's a there's an art to the onside kick. I remember the end of the Texas LSU game. It was like this perfect onside kick, and Colin Johnson yep. was like reaching out to get it, and he didn't get it. They actually had an onside kick at the end of the Oklahoma game too, and it was like fairly good. But if you add like a money onside kicker, although didn't the rules change to favor? The well, receiving team. Yeah, it has in the NFL. I don't know whether it is. Is that the rule in no, college just, too? NFL, yeah. it has. No, I don't believe yeah. it has in college. It's hard to do yeah. in the NFL anymore. Yeah, but. nobody recovers onside kicks anymore in the NFL. Hey, why not try it though? I mean, that here's the thing. Like if if you're Rutgers and you 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 just have to try something, sure, why not? The only problem is, you know, the onside kick part. You may only kick off once because you're not going to score. Rutgers has scored eight touchdowns this year. They're they're 130th out of 130 in scoring. Tennessee, all the way up at uh, 101st in scoring. They've scored 15 whole touchdowns this year. They should do that if they, you know if they get in the end zone against Bama. Absolutely, keep the ball away from Tua as long as possible. Who cares if you give him the ball on the 50 yard line or if it, or if you're going for it on fourth down, give it on your 30. They're going to score anyway. I I say roll with it. Do you think Fulmer had a coronary when Pruitt brought that up? <laughs> Control the line of scrimmage. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, Pruitt's got to be like, oh, we, we're going to play the right way. Like, you're going to get annihilated. Like, these yeah. football coaches won't do it. They all, nobody, nobody, they all make fun of this guy, Kevin Kelly. Yeah. It's like, look at, here's what I would do. I'd bring him in. They play, they're playing yeah. uh, at Parkview on, or at, what are they playing? BB High, whatever that is. BB Arkansas. On Friday night, just get the jet, get it over there to Little Rock, fly the guy into, hire him as a, that's probably an NCAA violation. Let him volunteer. I don't know. <laughs> You're our consultant. What, you, what do you think? Go sure. for it. Got enough money? Yeah, they got more money than they know what to do with. Pay him 20000 to fly in on Tuesday. And you say, all right, show us how your onside kick works. I mean, just you know? just yeah. do it. What the heck? You're going to lose anyway. Yeah. yeah, this this game like highlights the absurdity of hiring Jim Cheney as the offensive coordinator because you basically <laughs> made a decision hiring like a pro style guy to be like we're gonna play Smash Mouth with Alabama and beat him. Oh, that's a good idea. That's gonna work. We've got good enough players to just sledgehammer into the line and, and move the tide around. Come on, I would go for it on fourth down every time. Because then you get two second downs basically, and you have a better chance. They, it's I don't know. They won't, but they should. Prison, another prison story. Big, Great. big week, big week in crime <laughs> and punishment for us. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of prison shows. You guys know that. Lock up, <laughs> lock down. You live in Detroit. I Sixty mean. days in. Yeah, we got prisons. I love the my favorite thing about lockdown. The show lockdown is there was a the original was lock up. MSNBC did lock up, and then National Geographic decided to do their own prison show. So they were like, "What are we going to name the show about uh, lockdown?" Like, <laughs> give me a little more original. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, give me a give me a nice uh, gang fight in the yard at San Quentin and I'm I'm in. I'm popping popcorn. So um, 
here's the one for uh, for you guys. A prison break of sorts. Four inmates at a Texas federal prison were caught after they escaped and returned to prison. Okay, now a lot of federal prisons, the low minimum, the minimum security ones, do not have like big bars, and you gotta Andy Dufresne this thing through the wall or anything. You can just basically walk away. They 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 got a bunch of like bankers and you know guys they right. they know aren't really gonna go anywhere because they don't want to get extra time. These four guys escaped, but then came back. So they just left. They didn't really es- escape. They just sort of wandered off. And when they came back, they were caught with whiskey and cell phones. Okay? So they they basically were bringing back contraband, if you will, of whiskey and cell phones. They had heard a uh, word in town near Beaumont, Texas, of these prisoners going shopping. So the, the uh, sheriff's department hid out in the woods and then caught them as they were coming through. So here's my question to you. Uh, this isn't smart. These guys are now going to get more time. But knowing that a prison escape is a poor idea, like they're going to find you. If you are dealing with, you know, say a 20-year sentence, what item would you want so desperately that you'd be willing to risk this to wander off, like get that bottle of whiskey, get some Jameson, and get back to your cell, hopefully before they notice you're gone? What item would 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 make Pat 40, Prisoner 40, break out? For those of you who get to see me when we tape the podcast every week, it would be this. Pete Thamel's least favorite item, <laughs> the 44-ounce Big Gulp, actually Polar Pop. B- big Chill is actually this one. I, I alternate <laughs> between a Polar Pop and a Big Chill. I need my 44-ounce Coke Zero to get through the podcast <laughs> with you schmoes, so I would think in the stultifying boredom of prison... I would also need that caffeine boost. So that would be my thing. I think you know, if I get a six pack of Sierra Nevada to go with it, I get I would be all carbonated beverages. Bring me those and uh poison pop. Good for yeah, you, Pat. I, I, I would pop. be happy. Yep. Yep. Pete, I, Pete has lectured me many times on the deleterious effects of of soft drinks. So uh, th- that's another reason that for me to That's it. You'd you'd escape to the 7-Eleven. <laughs> killing yeah. killing you softly, Pat. Killing you softly. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, you know, I'd, every morning I'd be over there, you know, hey, yeah. Prisoner See, number think, 09167 Pat, here. I need my I need my polar pop, man. I think Pat's lying. I know Pat pretty well. He would get Phil Steele off the rack. Like <laughs> Pat could be confronted at a magazine newsstand with any magazine he wanted and he would take Phil Steele. I'll leave I it mean, at that. <laughs> if it's a, yeah, if it's a one-time heist or a one-time breakout, then Phil Steele's got to be it. But if it's a regular breakout, you know. <laughs> Phil Steele. Pat would definitely take Phil Steele back. They're like, we found these contraband magazines. Uh, it's it's uh, Phil Steele. Yeah. It's normally like <laughs> some a, people have porn. I got Phil Steele. Girly yeah. mag. No. No, Phil no it's Phil Steele. <laughs> <laughs> so we can write in the scores every week. <laughs> a lot of statistical information there, baby. Uh, so. As much as as much as I mocked Pat, I uh, I would I would probably get a bottle of Tito's, right? That would be like a you know if you're if you're gonna be there, and my like full fledged addiction, um, we can see right here is polar seltzer water. Now, Dan, you're from you're from Massachusetts, so pol- uh, it's like soda water basically, and it's flavored. And I probably drink six of these a day, something like that. Like my house is just like different recycle bins full of like empty one liters of, 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 of flavored seltzer water, zero sugar, Pat, by the way, just so you, uh, just congratulations, six, six liter bottles a day. Wait a minute. I would probably drink somewhere around that amount. Yes. Somewhere, somewhere around that. I, at least like, so is it just water, but then it has like bubbles, water with bubbles and a little flavor. So now, okay, now we know what Pete does when he's not on the not on the phone or writing. He's on. He's going to the bathroom because he's drinking six <laughs> liters of seltzer water a day. <laughs> I drink a lot of seltzer water. I, that is because I was addicted to Diet Coke like Pat, but I but I got out of this is like the Shawshank episode of the College Sports Pod. I got out of the I got out of the Shawshank of diet soda, and I, yeah. I and I switched to seltzer water, and uh, it's been it's been good living ever since. And I and I drink hot tea some too. But not nearly as much hot tea as, as seltzer water. That is what I would take. All right. You ask. You got to break out. <laughs> if there was an acai bowl with a little almond butter oh, on top, boy. I'd take that too. Oh. Well, you could you could do that. I was thinking of a Cadoba chicken burrito. I mean, I, oh, all right. 
Uh, you know, prison food. I haven't heard good things about it. <laughs> Fortunately, have never uh, had any, but like, you know, the bologna sandwich on old bread. I think I'm going for Cadoba. Yeah. This prison breakout is in Texas and you're going Cadoba. Well, I don't know. Hey, I'm man. sure there's a there's a nice mom and pop shop there yeah. in Texas. To I get don't know if you can find like the, the trendiest food truck when you're yeah, breaking out I, of That's prison. it. I'd call the but food truck on my Yelp being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> How about right. if the food truck just started parking right by the fence? Like, there's a little, you know, like, how'd you guys know everyone was breaking out? Well, the, the taco truck was uh, right there. <laughs> I remember visiting uh, Dan, uh, you know, Curtis Malone, Dan, the old yeah, DC area oh, AAU yeah. coach. So I do. my last trip to prison was to see Curtis Malone at a uh, minimum medium in Pennsylvania. Right near where Bucknell is, Lewiston, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I went there, and uh, I'll never forget. They had bocce courts. I was like, "What?" Oh. And, yes, bocce they had bocce had, courts. And Curtis at, had lost the joint. Had, yeah, bo- bocce oh, at the yeah. joint, and they had basketball. Curtis had lost a ton of weight. He looked good, and I was like, "Man, Curtis, you're living all right." Now I think some of it was like you have to live a little healthier in there. But I remember leaving there being like, you know, Curtis, obviously not not good for you, your family, and all that to be there. But I was like, that's not. You know, I went and saw Jonathan Hargett in like a maximum security prison in Virginia. And that's the one where you walk in and they shut the door behind you. And you're like, oh, like <laughs> that really locked. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've, I've been in a bunch been. of prisons and those federal camps are clearly the best oh. ones uh, oh. to go for. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. there's there's no uh, there's no doubt. Still about that. sucks, by the way. Uh, but yeah. Yes. If you're going somewhere, get to the federal camp. Yeah, they got courts, they got soccer fields, they got one down in Alabama, Montgomery, you can watch the fighter jet, it's on like an Air Force base, you watch the fighter jets take off and not, and guys are playing golf, Eh, you know, it's not not the worst, but still not good. I think I would go get, I think I would go get some good tech, uh, good Mexican food. I mean, I thought about, you know, the whiskey, certainly some, some uh, Jameson would be great. Also, another Shawshank Redemption, you know, ice cold Bohemian style beer. You know, really makes you feel like a man. But what are you gonna do with the cans? Like you're gonna get caught. You got the yeah. cans in the in your in your yeah. cell. You know, like obviously this wasn't on the menu down at the the mess hall or whatever they got. <laughs> I can eat the whole burrito. No evidence. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got some tin foil to get rid of. That's a lot easier than a you know a can of beer. Anyway, they went with whiskey and cell phones. You know, so enjoy your extra time, boys. Cell phone would be, I mean, that would be my number one item, right? Like, that's not. You want to see really all of us, but see Pete especially get twitchy. Take away the cell phone. Yeah, he'd be texting uh, assistant strength coaches. (laughs) (laughs) I got a call once from a a prisoner that I I know through stories. And a cell phone, this number comes up and I answer it. And it's, it's this guy. And I go, how are you calling me? And he, and he goes, oh, I got a cell phone. And I'm like, are you allowed to have a cell phone? He's like, no. I'm like, well, <laughs> don't call me. <laughs> uh, you get pulled in as an accessory. Oh, yeah. I got nothing to do with this. If you email me through the prison email system, that's that's all legit. Yeah, you know, but core links or whatever. And now, but now they are allowed to uh, send text messages. I don't know. It's getting yeah, soft Curtis, out there. Curtis will text me during the coaching carousel. This oh, season. yeah, he He's loves getting it. hired. Yeah, I get Curtis Malone text. He gets, gets fired, fired up, up during the basketball yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, they got nothing to do but watch the games. What are you going to do? All right, let's do some race for the case. There we go. Come on. Standings, Pat, 16, 25, and 1. <laughs> it sounds like it's getting better. I don't know. It's Maybe not. Not. Okay. Uh, I'm 21 and 21. Pat, uh, Pete, 23, 18, and 1. Uh, let's start. Number nine, Florida at South Carolina. The Gators are giving six. Game is noon Saturday on ESPN. South Carolina 3-0 and against the spread at home. 92% of the money is on Florida, according to our partners at Action Network. Are they paying us for that? They're not really a partner. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. a partner. They're a partner. All right. Are they buying us burritos? <laughs> then they're a partner. <laughs> Pat Forty, who do you got? Man. I, who's going to be flatter? Okay, that's my question. You've got South Carolina coming off its biggest win in years, and you've got Florida coming off two massive games in a row. 
Auburn and LSU. Both of them probably due for a letdown. Ryan Helinski, who's the quarterback for South Carolina, got a knee sprain. They expect him to play. Man, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say South Carolina gets more energy and covers the spread. I'm gonna I feel like I've got to take some swings on some picks here to catch up with you boys. So give me South Carolina and the points. This is the this is the time of the podcast where we should point out that the opposite of Pat's picks are in the lead still. Your favorite stat. Your favorite stuff. Bring it up every week. <laughs> does, that, does that bother you, Pat? Unpat. The unpat. <laughs> yes. We'll call him tap. Tap. It, tap. T-A-P instead of P-A-T. Yeah. Tap is leading. 25 Sully, when you do the scoreboard graphic this week, can we put tap on there? No. No. <laughs> There's not enough room. <laughs> tap has bad hair and a small nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with tap on this one. I, I am. Uh, yeah, the Gators. This is easy. Like, why overthink this? South Carolina had a great day. Kirby Smart managed the game poorly. Uh, a banged up Polinsky. Todd Grantham should have some fun against a uh, against a young quarterback. Yeah, Mullen will get him going and much better play caller. Uh, I think I take the Gators. Go tap. My guess is that everyone associated with the South Carolina football program, from the head coach down to the last walk on celebrated the victory last week and was drunker than a prison breakout crew. (laughs) Go Gators. No problem. Oregon. Number 12. I can't wait to text Pat when like Florida's up 21, nothing by the time the coin flip lands. Hey, look, I'm going Pulaski County here. I need some onside kicks. Oh, and and high ranking Florida athletic officials going to be so excited about that. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. (laughs) Deep Gator. Gator don't play no shit. You, you feel me? Gator, never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. Deep yep. Gator, good good for you, Deep Gator. Number 12, <laughs> Oregon, given two and a half at number 25, Washington, 330 ET on ABC. 70% of the money is on the Ducks. Pete Thamel. I'm taking the Ducks. Washington is just consistently and persistently underwhelmed. And look, Oregon's defensive turnaround, I think, has been underrated this year. Andy Avalos, the D.C. they hired from Boise, has put the Ducks in an unbelievable position on on that on that side of the ball. They're they're among the the nation's leaders in scoring defense. Yeah, they're number three, eight point seven points per game. And look, the last couple of seasons, Washington's offense hasn't been able to get out of its own way. So. I think Justin Herbert will be calm, cool, and collected on the road, and I think the Ducks roll. Pat? <sighs> yeah, I got to go with the Ducks there, too. Of course, I, it's, you know, yeah. I, all, all the defensive stats on the Ducks are in the 40-yard dash. You can read it there. But I, uh, I I like the way Oregon's playing. I don't like the way Washington's playing. Washington offensively has not been great uh, in recent uh, weeks. So give me the Ducks. I'll take them on the road. Oregon, same. Got nothing to add. Baylor, 18th. Baylor at Oklahoma State, heading to Stillwater. Negative three and a half. So the Oklahoma State's giving three and a half at yeah. home against 18th ranked Baylor. 4 p.m. on Fox. 80% of the money per the Action Network is on OSU. If every, do I get more money? Do we get more money if uh, I say Action Network? Like, there's like, <laughs> 10 cents a 10 cents a mention because i can just go action network action network all right pat who you got 80 percent of the money is not wrong baylor's been a great story uh, it's been very impressive seeing what matt rule has done there they're not that good okay they have they have skeeched their way to a couple of big 12 victories barely beat texas tech barely beat iowa state go on the road oklahoma state's got talent they've got firepower at receiver and at running back, and Oklahoma State is overdue to uh, do something of note this season. So Oklahoma State's going to win and cover. Pete, can he can he go against his man crush? <laughs> <laughs> Big question. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Oklahoma State. Oh. Uh, Baylor, yeah. Baylor lost their uh, best defensive player, Clay Johnston, their middle linebacker, leading tackler, to a knee injury uh, late in the uh, Texas Tech game, and. I just think Baylor's at a point in this rebuild where if you lose a fulcrum of your defense, things are going to fall apart a little bit. So I this is this is a test that Baylor's really going to struggle to pass. They've done a great job to get this far, but I, I think they uh, I think they lose by ten. This is a test of the Pete Thamel Matt Rule bromance. It <laughs> is. is it. major major yeah. test relationship issues. All right, I'm I'm sticking with you guys. I'm going with the mullet. 
you know, I don't, I think Baylor's done great, but this is, they're not going to keep it up. All right. Number 17, ASU, Arizona State at number 13, Utah. Utah is giving 13 and a half. Uh, Utah is two and three against the spread at home. That is a stat. I don't know what that means. All right, Pat, or who went first last? Oh, Pete, you go first. Yeah, interesting, interesting game here. I had Utah as my lock of the week last week, and they just obliterated Oregon State on the road. I think I'm going to take Utah. Arizona State has a very good defense. Danny Gonzalez has done a really good job, like re- reviving that unit for uh, for Herm. But Arizona State's offense stinks, and uh, I think Utah raucous environment, lot on the line. You know, it'll be like a twenty to six type game. If he's going to zig, I got to zag. Got to try to pick catch up here a little bit. So give me Arizona State in 13 and a half. Utah has played well since they lost to USC. They they look now like they've kind of got the eye of the tiger. But don't discount, man. Herm Edwards, 5-1, and one, finding ways to win. Beat Washington State and scored 38. The offense isn't that terrible. Beat Cal at Cal. Beat Michigan State at Michigan State. I'm not sure they're going to beat Utah, but give me 13 and a half in the Sun Devils. Yes, sir. There is a stat where, like, all but two of Herm's games have been seven-point games. Like, it's like yeah, some bizarre nice. – yeah. Everything's kind of been close, mm-hmm. so. I am a Coach Edwards bandwagon. Love there it. Go. They're going to keep it close. He's got the motivation at the beginning of the game. You got It's on the coach to motivate their players on the road. No one better than Coach Edwards. Best uh, pregame speaker in the uh, college ranks right now. All They're right, going to play uh, to win the game, Dan. They're they are going to play to win the game. They aren't may not win it, but they'll get – Give them that many points. Got to move this along quickly. 16, Michigan at number seven, Penn State at night. I don't know they're going to white out or blue out or whatever they're doing at Penn State. I'm sure they'll do some little coordinated thing. Penn State giving eight and a half. Michigan one and eight against the spread against Penn State in the last nine, according to Odd Shark. Whoa, Odd Shark jumps in here. What if, what so happened? Are, you cutting, are you cutting deals with these places yeah, so, we, <laughs> so we drop them in here? What? <laughs> mm-hmm. Imagine how many pop-ups are on Sully's computer if he's on Odd Shark and Action Network. Like. When it's like the Jerry's, you know, Burrito Emporium right near <laughs> Sully's apartment in L.A. That's when I know, you know. Then we know. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a little extra avocado, so yeah. we appreciate a, the uh, name drop. Got the avocado <laughs> upgrade, huh? All right. <laughs> I'll take care of you. It's free queso every time, fellas. It's free yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat, who's winning this thing? Uh, give me the Nits. Give me the Nits big. I, I, you know, I've seen not seen enough to believe in Michigan. I have seen enough to believe in Penn State. I mean, it was a struggle against Iowa, but it was also a struggle for Michigan against Iowa, and Michigan was at home. Penn State was on the road. So I, I like what uh, Penn State's put together. Best defense under James Franklin. Uh, finding their playmakers on offense. Noah Kane, freshman running back, coming on. So I like... Penn State by 10 or more. I hate to agree with Pat. I like agreeing with Tap more, but uh, I just don't think Michigan's going to be able to score much in this game. I can't see him scoring more than 14 points. So, And I think Penn State, that environment, I don't know if it's going to be a whiteout or not, but like that environment, Penn State at night, I think it swallows. This Michigan team has been a little bit without a heart all year, and I think it swallows a team like that whole. Yeah, Penn State taking this one. Uh, Michigan will crumble. They might keep it close for a little while, but I, I don't like their heart at all. I don't like their fight, anything like that. All right, locks of the week. Let's start with Pat. He's usually more prepared. Oh, I'm not prepared at all. So all right. I'm oh, I got do it. it. I know mine. I all got right, it. Go ahead, Pete. All right. The Pitt Panthers are uh, three-point favorites heading to the Carrier Dome to play three and three Syracuse. And this is an atrocious Syracuse team. They've been hemorrhaging on defense. They've been terrible on offense. I think Pitt goes to the dome and wins uh, and wins handily. So right. my lock of the week are Pat Narduzzi's. Look, it all comes around. We're giving Pat Narduzzi love now. <laughs> Pat Narduzzi's Pitt Panthers in the, uh, in the Carrier Dome against kind of just underwhelming, unimpressive Syracuse team. We want to love you. We just tend not to. We want yeah, to don't don't the underestimate team. the tight end in this game. Tim Salem has been drinking his Mountain Dew, coaching him up, sleeping in his office. Tim Salem coaching him up. That's all I want to know is how Tim Salem is doing. That's yes. that's my. I may email concern. EJ Borghetti today to just get a little Tim Salem update for the pod. Please do. Yes. yes. Okay. My lock of the week. I'm going with Stanford giving eight at home against UCLA. UCLA stinks. We know that Stanford. I think showed signs of getting it together by beating. Washington. I expect KJ Costello to be back at quarterback for the Cardinal. 
because I was out there over the weekend and I went to the volleyball game with my daughter and we came out and I watched the Cardinal practicing on Sunday and KJ Costello was out there practicing. So there's your insight, baby. We thought you only gave us swimming scoops, Pat. So I can can give you the the occasional (laughs) volleyball slash football scoop too. So uh, give me Stanford laying the eight against miserable UCLA. Yeah, thank God we don't have to watch that game, do we? No one's going to get mad at me. Thursday night, you might have to, actually. Oh, geez. Yeah, Yeah, I probably will. Illinois (laughs) getting 29 in hosting Wisconsin, and I don't care. Badgers. (laughs) Illinois. I'm not going to take a prop bet on this thing, but Wisconsin for the shutout, I do not think is a bad bet. Yeah. I don't know what the odds are in that. I wouldn't bet against you. (laughs) No. Wisconsin. Will roll them. That's a that's a fifty-five to three game, something like that. Uh, half the state, more than half the stadium will be Wisconsin fans. Twenty-nine is not enough for me to go with the LNI. so I will take Wisconsin. All right, that's the show. Appreciate everyone listening. Please continue to subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Share it on social media, and we will be back Monday, overreacting to whatever nonsense happens this weekend. Thank you, everyone.